Hello, hello, beautiful So Welcome to the Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. I'm your host, Petya Kolibova, an alignment woman's coach who guides women to intuitively connect with their inner vision so they can experience personal and professional magnetism and become unapologetically abundant. My mission is to empower visionaries who are on the path to embody their fullest self-expression, to soulfully expand into a quantum leap in all dimensions of their lives. Each week, I will be offering an interview or an idea that will support you to leave behind what isn't serving you anymore and create a life filled with freedom, abundance, purpose, and even bigger impact in this world. No more hiding, no more playing it small. It's time to step up and up-level your life now. Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. I'm your host, Petya Kolobova, and I am very personally excited about today's guest because having a podcast opens up so many doors and you have no idea how thankful I am that I can bring in on speakers and authors and coaches and people of influence that I personally look up to. And how amazing is that just, you know, few days ago, I found this amazing, excellent book. I was able to connect with the author and have her here with me because our today's guest, Ariana, she's talking about things that I have never seen anyone speak the way she is. And it's so deeply connected with who I am being, becoming as an expectant entrepreneur, an upcoming baby-loading mother. (laughs) And so many of my clients, they are also, you know, like either they're moms or they're planning to be moms. And we don't talk about these things very often. So besides you being an amazing, you know, researcher and social worker, you're also outer. And I know that you also have a beautiful course on mindful return maternity leave, which is so beautiful. So I am personally very eager to talk with you like face to face, smile to smile, One thing it's reading your book before I go to sleep. And another thing it's have you here. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for that amazing intro and setup, Petya. It's great to be here with you too. And especially at such a moment where it's personally meaningful for you. Personally, 35 weeks right now. And I'm like, where was this book like 20 weeks ago? But it's all perfect. I feel like you're bringing really a fresh air of possibilities and a little bit of sanity into this craziness because as you can maybe tell by my accent, I am not from United States. <laughs> so, you know, coming from Europe, I have friends who are receiving on maternity leave money between year or three years. And coming here to United States, being an immigrant, being, you know, like doing my school, starting my business, it is challenging, you know, it's really challenging to look at like, okay, like you want to enjoy this time with your baby and be fully present, not to feel guilty, but still being able to 
feel like there is not this financial stress. So I have like a million of questions, but let's start with what really inspired you to write the book, Expect an Entrepreneur? Yeah, so great question. When you started talking about the comparison to your friends in Europe, I'll say that was really a big inspiration for me is the reality of what uh, lack of infrastructure there is in the States. And I, um, as, as you mentioned, I've, I've worked with entrepreneurs for many years uh, doing maternity leave planning, helping folks as they transition back to their businesses uh, after their leave. And the reality is that it is within kind of total lack of structure. <laughs> so the context is that um, you, the U.S. is the only high-income country that doesn't have a federal paid leave policy of some kind, and some states have attempted to make their own programs and policies and fill the gaps, and some large corporations have, but the reality is that most people don't have mm -hmm. any paid leave, any access to paid time off during this really, really important time, like you mentioned, you of the primary job of a person giving birth is usually to to uh, kind of care for their own body and physiologically heal, and then to care for this new this new person who still is highly dependent on on the adults around them um, for everything from food to sleep to all kinds of just human functioning, um, and so that being able to to figure out what are the ways in the absence of anything at a structural level, what are the ways in which entrepreneurs in particular can be supported during this time uh, really sparked sparked my love for this topic and uh, fill the gaps, so to speak. And I feel like so many more women and especially I, I don't know about you, but I'm noticing in my business, you know, business and life coach for women. I'm really seeing more and more women, especially since 2019, awakening and leaving their jobs and starting their businesses and like knowing they're meant for more and wanting to create a generational shift. They don't want to live like their moms and grandmas. And I feel like sometimes we put so much on our plate, you know, like, let me quit the job. I hate my job. I want to be free. And then we don't like who plans like maybe people like you ariana i i admire that i know you're a planner and i love that it's funny i was reading your book on the weekend and i was getting a little bit overwhelmed just because i told you i'm more of like feminine flow and let's see and then you're like this and this and questions and structure and planning and my husband he was like that sounds like a business book do you want to be doing that on your day off i'm like I don't know, but I got to read this. Like, this is important. So I know some people love planning and it's natural for them. And it's beautiful for some of us. It doesn't come naturally, you know, and we are like, we'll see what the universe brings us. Right. So a couple of questions that I have and, you know, like, I really don't want to be diving deep into the politics. And I'm really curious. Why do you think that United States it's such a highly developed, rich country. Why doesn't want to support the mothers? Like there are so many other things that the country is investing in, you know, and I feel like investing in well-being of women 
and future generations, shouldn't that be a foundation? And again, I don't want to get like deeply into politics, but I would love to like hear how do you feel about it? What are your thoughts about it? Why United States is not supporting maternity leave, paid maternity leave? I ask myself that same question every day. And, you know, I myself don't have a political uh, kind of background, a political science background, but there's some interesting folks who I've um read sociologists, political scientists, whose work really illuminates the, the U.S.'s kind of rhetoric around supporting families and family first. And there's this very strong narrative around being a family-centered nation. And then there's not the policies to match it. And so things like paid leave, like subsidized childcare, <laughs> like education, um, and so a lot of the, the authors and researchers that I often turn to to better understand why, <laughs> um, share that it's it's just does not become a political priority. And uh, that within a lot of times within the current systems we're in, it becomes very hard, even when there is bipartisan support from all political sides, um, for paid leave, for example, that it just never makes it high enough on the political agenda to pass it, which is so sad because everyone is going to need time off at some point in their lives. Everyone will need to care for another person, a loved one, or will need to be cared for. And so it really is this universal experience that we somehow continue to not prioritize as, as a so interesting, you know, for me to see that I'm coming from really small country, you know, Czech Republic, it's it's a very small country in the center of the Europe, and we still have the paid leave. And, you know, it's up to you if you want to split it up and get it in three years and stay three years with your kid at home, or if you want to split it in one year and have more money, but then, you know, come sooner to work. So... It's interesting because me as an entrepreneur, I told my, you know, my husband and my team because he's an entrepreneur too. I'm like, well, ideally I want to take like three months off with the baby. And for me, owning a business and being the, like the, the, the bigger provider, let's put it this way, you know, right now it's like, wow, three months without no sales calls, no like new income coming in, just like what we have, like recurring revenue. It's scary, you know, like three months not working seems like a lot. But when you think about the baby, three months, it's nothing. So for women who are listening right now, who are in a business, whether they just pop the baby, have kids or are planning for kids, you know, what are some of the steps, like the first most important steps besides buying your book, which that's a must, right? Because they're all the answers. But what are some of the steps that, that we can do, we can take and when, you know, when we know that, okay, I have my business and I'm planning for a baby or, you know, I'm already pregnant or like I have a small child or, you know, what can we, where can we start even? Yeah. So I feel like even though you talked about how much planning is, is kind of a core of what I um, 
really identify with in terms of a process to support people, the, the thing I often recommend starting with is just a little reflection and dreaming because often people who uh, are, even if you are running your own business and have the ability to think about how you might structure your leave, a lot of people just go to, oh, I can only take this many weeks off or I want to take this many months off. And sometimes it's influenced by people we know who have taken leave or people in corporate jobs or people who have uh, have work that is not the same as, as running your own business, where I often say the silver lining is your leave can look like your leave. It doesn't have to look like anybody else's. So spending some time really thinking about if, if I could create the ideal scenario for myself, what would that look like? Would I work up until the day I give birth? Would I take time off before? Would I go back and work like shorter days or shorter hours? Would I go back and split time with my partner if they are also an entrepreneur? Um, and also, I love what you added in. It sounds like with your partner, you've had lots of conversations since you're both entrepreneurs. And so a second step is often to sit down with a partner and think about what are the constraints? What are each of our work scenarios? What is our financial scenario? What is also our, our shared vision for what these first months might look like with our kid and our new growing family? So those are two things. I love that so much. And and thank you for bringing it because of course, I'm not here to put you in a box and say you're a strategist and planner and you don't dream like not at all. I, I, I did, you know, some of your exercises at the beginning of the book and I gotta admit it was a little bit scary, Ariana, because in ideal scenario, in ideal world, I would be one year at home with a baby, devoted a time and work if I feel like I, I want to. You know what I mean? If I feel like, oh, I'm bored and it's like too much baby brain, like I, I need to do something. But it's different when you are either solopreneur or solo provider or the main provider. Like it almost feels scary to dream. Like I said, like ideally I am one year with the baby because I feel like those are like the most precious times. And I know where we are with my family. I, like I'm not in a place to take one year off. So what if the dream scenario right now cannot match the reality? Like how can we like come together and, and, and what can we do to look at what can be done? And I love what you said, you know, like start with the dreaming, see where, like, how would you ideally want to live it? Who is going to be supporting you? Talk to your partner. Look at your finances. What are some other things that we can look at and do when we're preparing for this? Well, I think what you're expressing is like, you're definitely not alone. A lot of people have an ideal and say, but I live in the real world. Like These are all the constraints on my life and my work. And how is this even possible? So when I was hearing you talk about things, I noticed a couple a couple phrases that you mentioned that um, and that I think people as they're listing out their idea like what being able to pull out the things that feel really important. So for you, you mentioned that you um, that it felt really important for that first year that a lot of the focus be on your kid and for um, for you to have time. And so that get in my brain that makes me start thinking. Okay, how could you design the first year? of your baby's life, knowing that it might not be a year of leave, 
to start designing your work around that um, desire you have for some of your attention to not be on work all the time. Um, and so we start thinking, okay, if the, the structure that I envision in the ideal version isn't possible, what's like the core desired feelings or the experiences that I want to make sure to prioritize and what kind of structure could also get me to those experiences. Um, and sometimes it might look really different than the ideal thing that we came up with, but knowing what, what your priorities are can help kind of reverse engineer what, how we can, how we can let you experience that, um, some version of that experience. I loved it so much because that's something that I'm teaching too. Like, what is the essence? What is the core desire, right? And you're an amazing listener, Ariana, you know, to like really see that and feel that. Um, so really asking yourself, what is my like core desire? And then how can I like structure it around? Because I am very blessed because I work only really like two, three days a week anyway. You know what I mean? But a lot of what I'm doing, it's video calls and coaching and podcasts and summits and interviews and having a baby on a boob. I don't want to be on camera. You know, I don't want to be, you know, a, a makeup on and forget clothes on. Right. So um, like really looking at how can we like structure it? I'm also curious, you know, like what is, and, and I know you mentioned like each and every one of us is different but I'm thinking about like, what would be like the ideal timeline in like planning this? Because I'm 35 weeks and I just found your book, you know, yesterday. And thankfully, like I hadn't thought about it. Of course, like you have some time, but also I wanted to share um, when we started to like prepare for pregnancy, like before I even got pregnant, I completely freak out. I went into my masculine planning strategies. So I like raised my prices, wanted to do completely different program, but it was like logical. It was not aligned with who I am and how I want to do things. I literally went into that masculine energy of like, how can I protect? How can I provide? How can I make this happen? How much money would I have to save? And I invested months in this and I feel like it disconnected me from me and how I really want to be doing things. So how can we like, when and how can we create some kind of structure without being overly in our head? Because like I said, like I went right to my head. I'm like, okay, I want to go from, you know, like, 6k client into having 30k program and I gotta sell this and I gotta do it by this and this time and these are the programs that I have to sell and I created and did things that didn't sell at all because I was doing it like logically and for the money and I'm not motivated by money like I want to impact and freedom but you know how can we like be in that energy like I want to plan but not to be scared or freak out or to do something that it's not natural for us. How can we stay in that truth for ourselves? Yeah, I love I love this question. And part of what it brings up for me is approaching the planning, both from what you were talking about, kind of a, a logical or brain focused area and, and also bringing the embodied experience in. So I think that in 
in approaching planning, one of the tools that I often bring and that I think pregnant people in general, because you are creating life inside you, the embodiment piece is, is so important that being able to, as you plan, check in with yourself, do a little like somatic, how am I feeling about this plan? What is happening in my body? Is there something in my gut that is telling me, try it this other way? Or, um, or is there something about my plan that I'm like overly fixating on and really wanting to get quote unquote right and allowing yourself to say, you know, if plan A happens, that is okay. But there is also plan B, C, D, different versions of, of your leave can unfold. And that's something that adds like one of one of the core principles that I actually introduce with folks is that can you plan with a spirit of experimentation, mm-hmm. knowing that some things might happen the way you envision them or wrote them down. And as is true of so many facets of parenthood, other things might be totally different. <laughs> and that is okay. It doesn't mean that you are doing anything quote unquote wrong or that you like totally deviated from the plan. It just means that as life unfolds, pieces of your plan will need to be reworked and some pieces might go as you imagine they would. And so being able to, to be gentle with yourself um, and maintain that connection I was talking about, about like, this plan is the logical brain-based thing, but what am, what am I experiencing? What is actually happening in my body? What do I need? So uh, there might be needs that come up as your maternity leave moves forward that weren't in the plan and figuring out how to get those needs met, I think is also one of the, one of the things that I try and, and um, express to folks is that it's impossible to know exactly how you're going to feel or exactly what your experience will be. And being able to pivot is one of the skills you bring as an entrepreneur. So that's the bright side. Mm, that's really powerful. I love that. And it, it's beautiful how you're really playing with that way of like, okay, let's plan and structure and see how do we want to do things. So starting with the dreaming, like they dreaming, ideally, how would I want to do it? If that doesn't work, what can I do? Right. And then being able to pivot, like, this is what I plan, but something else can come up. So for, and and also that question, like, when would you say to start planning for like the maternity? And, and I understand it can be like, oops, I'm pregnant, right? Or it can be a long-term planning, but what would you say can feel, be like feel good timeline? If you know that, let's say that you are literally like, the one who is bringing in the money to the family through your business and it's a service-based business, then maybe you're just in a first or second year. And I know you're giving a beautiful different examples of, you know, women entrepreneurs, someone who has established business and who can just pivot and delegate versus someone who is completely new. Like, you know, like if I don't do sales calls, you know, what will be happening? So, how ahead we get to plan and what happens with the different types of entrepreneurship of like someone who is just starting and wants to get pregnant and the business depends on them. What is that they can do? 
And someone who has established business, but still get to be like in a day-to-day operations. Yeah. So maybe I can go through the timelines and then talk about both of those examples of types of businesses and what might look different for them. Um, So kind of by trimester, there are different things you can do in each of phases. And for the like the people who get excited about planning, yes, you can do any of this before you are even pregnant. (laughs) Um, Almost like baby proofing your business. Um, And so first trimester is often the time when I, I see a lot of folks doing the the dreaming and the thinking about what might it look like. And that's a great time um, because some people are lower energy. And so doing like planning and activities um, intensively might not be what you're feeling up for. If you are like living next to your toilet, like I did, or if you are just needing to take lots of naps. (laughs) Um, So more of that thinking, visioning and the conversation. So at that point, I often recommend that people talk to a few other colleagues, people who have businesses that look like yours, or who have recently taken leave, um, even if they're in a a differently structured business, um, to get ideas and inspiration for what yours could look like. And then second trimester is really when um, uh, the like core planning begins. (laughs) And so that can be things like reviewing your day-to-day kind of business core operations and and thinking about how um, what are the opportunities that I could introduce something like automation what are the places where I could do some batching ahead of time um, you mentioned delegation which is often the case for people who have either contractors or um, or who have a larger team And then there are some things that you will need to pause and that is okay. And so there might be like in your example, there might be a couple of weeks where your sales calls, actually you are purposefully pausing those um, knowing that you might have to do them, do more leading up to that, those few weeks or do more coming back from those two weeks, right? You're trying to figure out what does my pipeline look like based on um, the sales calls that I normally use or the process or cycle that I normally use and what will what will the what will the effects be if I pause that for a little bit mm-hmm. um and so second trimester is really about like the nuts and bolts of figuring out what needs to happen and and if there are things that you um can step away from that's often a time that that I really encourage folks to to think through that scenario. Of like if I stop doing this for a little bit or if I hand this off to someone, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And trying that out in the third trimester. Um, so that also is the time, third trimester, when um, talking to clients, if you have ongoing clients um, or talking to um, anyone who will need to know any level of detail about your leave. So communication, Um, to sometimes it's business partners, sometimes it's contractors, sometimes it's clients, um, sometimes it's prospective clients. So beginning to do some communication about how your availability might change in the coming months. Um, Like you mentioned, that could be a great time to to do some of the looking at your um, looking at your prices and sales and thinking about that. Um, And and it does look quite different for for much smaller or solopreneurs um, and people who have teams where they can hand some things off. I think what is true for for both um, and all types of of entrepreneurs 
is that I do just want to say like, you deserve some time off. There are so many entrepreneurs who say, I can't, I cannot take anything. Um, My business will fall apart. And I think what we want to think about is not like current, your current you and your current business, but what is like, if your business five years from now, if you want it to be sustainable over the long term, what kind of time off do you need now in order to make that possible um, so that you are able to come back into your business without health issues, without major sleep deprivation issues. Um, so that's that's also one nugget that I that I always like to say out loud. So amazing. You know, I, I feel like it, it's truly about looking at what would the ideal version of me like do or say right now, you know, like the, the future version of you, it's not going to be concerned about taking a few weeks off, you know, because she already knows what is possible. And I feel like so often we're so, like you said, fixated on like, I cannot do this and this is the only way. And then we can look back with regret you know, because everything changes. So it's, it's really beautiful. So one last question for our expecting entrepreneurs, what is the one thing you want them to know? If they're listening right now and they have a baby in a belly and, you know, they're stepping into something new, because even if you have your first or fifth kid, every pregnancy is different. Every baby is different. Every pregnancy, uh, you maternity leave, it's different. For those expecting entrepreneurs, what do you want them to know, Ariana? I think that the same skills and tenacity that has helped you build a business, which sometimes might be like something you learned and applied, but other times might be intuition or community you built, that those same things are what's going to help you transition into parenthood. And that you have tools that are very transferable, even though it often feels like becoming a parent in the midst of running a business is this huge unknown territory, that there will be moments and scenarios where you can draw on what you already have. And even in the moments when there's a lot to learn, that connecting and community building will go really far. Mm, I love this so much. So besides people getting their hands on your book, which we will link in the show notes, uh, what are some other ways that people can learn from you and connect with you? Sure. So like we connected on social media, so I'm always happy to, to hang out with folks on Instagram or LinkedIn are the two places where I spend the most time. Um, and the expecting entrepreneur is, um, has, has accounts on both places. And like you mentioned up at the top, the, um, mindful return community is, is a course where we're welcoming folks, uh, into the transition back to work. And so that's a really exciting place that I've been loving seeing what it's like to, build a community that for so many years and working with entrepreneurs was a missing piece of the experience. So in all the planning um, and in taking the leave, it's like, and then, and then what (laughs) you're, you still have, um, you still have lots of things that come up as you come back to building a business with a newborn. So I'm excited to connect with people about any and all of those things and in those places. 
Thank you so much for all the work you're doing and for coming into my life in a perfect timing. I can wait to finish the book and see how it's going to support me too in the the new adventure in our life. Thank you. Yes. Well, I'm wishing you the best in this new chapter. <laughs>